Before we begin our Torah study this evening, let's pray together. Blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe, who sanctifies us with his commands and commands us to engross ourselves in the words of Torah. The life of Joseph, son of Jacob, can help us discover much about God's character. Joseph's story can also heal bad theology and wrong understandings. His story can help us understand as well the heart of Yeshua, the Messiah, who is also called Messiah, son of Joseph, the suffering Messiah. In this week's Torah portion, Joseph reveals himself to his brothers, and they were speechless at that moment. Think about what they saw. They saw a man who was visibly Egyptian. He spoke the Egyptian language. He wore Egyptian clothes. He was in a high Egyptian government position, and he spoke to them through an interpreter. The man was enculturated as an Egyptian. He was outwardly Egyptian. He was functionally Egyptian. Outwardly, that appeared to be his identity, but inwardly, he had another identity. He was a servant of the God of Israel, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He was part of God's covenant plan for the Jewish people and in fact, for the whole world. Joseph was still deeply connected to this great and troubled family that had mistreated him so severely. I hope you take the time to read as well about the way that Judah and the brothers came to recognize their guilt before God for what they had done to Joseph and the ways that they showed that their hearts had changed. This is a significant development, and it touches Joseph deeply. In fact, it overwhelms him with emotion and triggers his decision to reveal himself to his brothers. Let's read together, starting in Genesis 45, starting in verse 1. And then Joseph could not control himself in front of everyone standing before him, and he shouted, Have everyone leave me! So there was no one else with him when Joseph made himself known to his brothers. Then he wept so loudly that the Egyptians heard it and the household of Pharaoh heard about it. And Joseph said to his brothers, Ani Yosef, haod avichai, I am Joseph, is my father still alive? But his brothers could not answer him, for they were terrified in his presence. You see, Joseph stopped speaking in Egyptian. He stopped using his interpreter, and he spoke directly to his brothers in Hebrew, and he passionately and openly spoke in Hebrew. It was shocking. Verse 4, then Joseph said to his brothers, please come closer to me, and they came closer, and he said, Ani Yosef Achichem, I am Joseph, your brother Joseph, whom you sold to Egypt. Joseph shows something of the heart of Yeshua at this moment. He has the heart of the Redeemer. And I like that Joseph is a little bit confrontative with his brothers. He's not mean. He doesn't say everything was nothing. All that you did that was so terrible was really nothing. He doesn't minimize what was done. 
In fact, later in Psalm 105, verses 17 and 18, it tells us that Joseph was sold as a slave. They forced his feet into shackles. He was bruised. He was put in irons. And it wasn't something superficial. It was deeply and for such a long time, it was so difficult. Joseph, now speaking in Hebrew to his brothers, says, I'm that Joseph, the one you sold to Egypt. But something interesting has happened that's captured also in Psalm 105, verse 19. It says, the word of the Lord refined Joseph refined or purified or tested. And it's an important insight. It's it's a simple idea, but a difficult experience. Refining is, is that which uh, fire uh, works on. It, the fire, the smelter's fire, the refiner's fire causes the impurities to rise to the surface where they can be removed. Refining means that heat is applied and the um, the metal is melted and the dross, the impurities, rise to the surface where they are scooped off. So this psalm is making an important spiritual observation that the word of the Lord refined Joseph. The word of the Lord, which was powerful to him, was also difficult. It refined him. It brought purification to him. And those of us who follow the Lord can expect something like this too, because God will refine us. He loves us so much that he will purify us and he will use the refiner's fire to purify us. The righteous one, the tzaddik, is one who faced a challenge or a difficulty that could only be overcome by trusting in God and being faithful to God. The righteous one went through difficulty and trusted God during the times of difficulty, and because of that trust, he gained the victory. Tzedakah in Hebrew combines three qualities, righteousness, justice, and charity. When Joseph reveals himself to his brothers, he's revealing his heart and that he is a man with tzedakah. He is a man who has a heart that that blends together justice, righteousness, and charity. He's revealing his heart to his brothers. It's a heart of redemption. He is interested in the redemptive and the restorative, and he has discovered that God's plans and God's power and God's sovereignty work together to redeem and to restore. Joseph knows that God's character is not essentially focused on punishing those who do us wrong. God is not essentially punitive or retributive. Joseph has learned to love God's restorative justice, justice that makes things right. This love has been forged in Joseph during the times of great suffering. As the psalm says, the word of the Lord refined 
Joseph. During the time of refining and testing that extended time of Joseph's life, he continued to fellowship with the Lord. And I think that it was during the close fellowship that Joseph had with the Lord, that's when he developed the heart of Messiah and became what Psalm 105 also calls those of Messiah or the anointed ones. Joseph speaks from his heart to his brothers in verse 5 we read on. He says, and now do not be distressed or angry with yourselves that you sold me into this place. It was God who sent me here ahead of you to preserve lives. Take notice of this, Mishpacha. Joseph recognized that God was at work in secret. And he could say, God sent me ahead of you in order to preserve life, in order to preserve your lives. Verse six, for the famine has been in the land these two years, and there are still five years in which there will be neither plowing nor harvesting. Verse seven, Joseph says, God sent me ahead of you to preserve you as a remnant on the earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. Joseph is taking note of this. God's plans have prevailed. God's purposes are being accomplished. And that's why in verse 8, he continues, Now, therefore, it was not you who sent me here, but God. It was not you who sent me here, Joseph says to his brothers, but God. Now let's go to verse 14. And then Joseph fell on his brother Benjamin's neck and he wept and Benjamin wept on his neck. And Joseph kissed all his brothers and wept on them. And afterwards, his brothers talked with him. So this is such a shocking moment, and Joseph has revealed himself to his brothers, and he's weeping. He kisses, and he weeps, and they weep together, and afterwards, only afterwards, his brothers talk again. What a strong display of emotion this is. And after that, his brothers could talk. Remember, they were terrified when he started speaking in Hebrew to them without the interpreter. When he started speaking in Hebrew and he said, Ani Yosef, I'm Joseph, the one you sold into slavery. I'm Joseph, your brother. Joseph is showing us that the way that we follow God can actually shape and influence the outcome of our difficult life situations. If we are faithful to God and we stay close to God, even when people are unfaithful to us, even when life with all of its troubles, then this faithfulness can affect the outcome of our life and the lives of other people as well. Joseph was tenacious. He had a firm grip. He held fast. He held on to the purposes of God and the heart of God. That's what it means to be tenacious. He demonstrates a truth that Paul would later write about in Romans chapter 8, verse 28. Paul wrote, God causes all things to work together for good, for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. His purpose meaning God's highest aims and goals. Some things that people did to Joseph 
were not good. They were evil. Joseph may have thought those things would ruin his life. And some of you can easily relate to this because of your own experiences with such pain and difficulty and even evil and betrayal. And yet, God got his hands on Joseph, and it changed the outcome of everything. And the same can happen to you and me. The outcomes can be changed. Now, I want to be clear about this. It's not that evil things should be called good or everything's good. That's not the case. Evil things are evil, and evil things can be done, and yet God can overturn overturn the actual outcome of those evils, and that changes the final result. This is possible as we hold on to God by loving him and holding on to his purposes. That's what it means to be tenacious, to hold on, to get a firm grip, to hold fast, to hold on to God and to his purposes, and to hold on to his love with our love. The tenacious faith of Joseph was like that. And let's read just a few more verses towards the end of chapter 45. Genesis 45, verses 25 through 28. And then the brothers went back up from Egypt, and they returned to the land of Canaan to their father Jacob, and they told him, saying, Joseph is still alive, and indeed he is ruler over all the land of Egypt. Jacob was stunned because he did not believe them. And when they told him all the words of Joseph that he had spoken to them, and when Jacob saw the wagons that Joseph had sent to carry him, then the spirit of their father Jacob revived. Verse 28, and then Israel said, it is enough. My son Joseph is still alive, and I will go and see him before I die. You see, the brothers were preserved. Their posterity was preserved, and their father was too. The spirit of their father, Jacob, was revived. Israel, the one who wrestled with God and men, said, it's enough. My son Joseph is still alive. I will go and see him before I die. Life from the dead, resurrection life. It was at work in the life of Joseph and the patriarchs. It was at work in the life of Yeshua the Messiah. And it's at work in our lives too, through our living faith in Messiah. And then to add that special touch only Hashem can add, we read that Jacob, Israel, head south to Egypt in Genesis 46, verses 1 through 4. Israel took everything he owned with him on his journey. He arrived at Beersheba and offered sacrifices to the God of his father, Isaac. In a vision at night, God called to Israel, Yaakov, Yaakov. And he answered, Hineni, here I am. And he said, I am God, the God of your father. Don't be afraid to go down to Egypt. It is there that I will make you into a great nation. Not only will I go down with you to Egypt, but I will also bring you back here after Joseph has closed your eyes. You see, this was a word from the Lord about fulfilling the covenantal promise. It will 
be done, the Lord was saying. Don't be afraid, because I am a faithful God who will fulfill what I said I will do. Don't be afraid to go down to Egypt. It's part of my plan. And there, in Egypt, I will make you into a great nation. Jacob's future is now fully connected to the future of his sons and their children. These generations will carry the covenant forward. I want to pray that we take the heart of Joseph and the heart of Messiah, and we apply that heart to our lives. We don't want to be stuck in what people have done against us or done to us. Let's let God heal us and use us. What is the way to get the power to do this? It's a good question. And I can tell you, it's not by denying how hard it is or how painful it is or pushing it down. It's not by minimizing everything. Instead, we can actually honestly acknowledge to the Lord what has been done. And we can let his love heal what others have done to us through it all, through life's ups and downs and its twists and turns, God will give us the victory of tenacious faith. As we close out this year, it's a good time to be decisive about the Lord. You may be one of those people who's who's become interested in the Lord. You've begun seeking the Lord, and now it's time to be really clear with him. You can say yes to the Lord right now. You can pray with me right now. Yes, Lord, I want to live for you. I want to be faithful to you. Thank you, Lord, for giving me redemption, for redeeming me and paying the price for my sin and my guilt. Thank you for loving me and giving me the promise of new life through Yeshua, my Messiah. Thank you, Lord, for the gift of repentance that leads to life. I turn to you with all my heart in Yeshua's name. If you prayed like that, let me know and I'll rejoice with you and others will too. This could be one of the most important decisions, maybe the most important decision you could ever make in your life to choose to follow the Lord in love with faith and faithfulness. In a moment, we will close with Aaron's blessing and a final worship song. For those who make special end-of-year donations, would you please consider including Beth Israel in your end-of-year giving? You can help write the next chapter of Beth Israel's story through a year-end tax-deductible contribution. You can find out all the information at bethisraelnow.com slash giving. You can donate online by December 31st or get your donations in the mail by December 31st, and then they'll be included in your 2022 contributions. And now Aaron's blessing, May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep watch over you and protect you. May the Lord cause the light of his face to shine upon you. May the Lord be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his face to you and give you his peace in the name of Yeshua, the Prince of Peace, our Messiah. Amen.